Once upon a time, there lived an honest old cobbler. He was a good man, too good even. When the people of the village needed their shoes fixed, they would take them to the cobbler, who would fix them very well. But the cobbler refused to take any money from his poor customers, and many people in the little village were very poor. So the cobbler was almost always broke. Oh, Mitzi! The cobbler told his beloved cat late one night, late in the month, late in the year. I'm afraid this month is going to be very tight. The cost of materials is up, but our neighbors need their shoes repaired. If only we could sell a few pairs of nice new shoes to the rich people of the village. Some sturdy boots. Then we could pay the rent. But I haven't the time to make the sturdy boots. When I was a young man, I could make them quickly, but it's harder for me now. It takes too much time. The landlord isn't going to want to hear that. Mitzi meowed. She saw how hard the cobbler worked and how tired the little old man was. But being a cat, she was also meowing because she was hungry. The little old man was hungry too, but he gave the rest of his meager dinner to Mitzi. Well, I suppose it's off to bed. The cobbler said as Mitzi finished his meal. Tomorrow's the first of the month, Mitzi. I don't know how we're going to pay the landlord. As he slowly made his way up the stairs, Mitzi heard the cobbler muttering to himself, "What are we to do?" Snow began to fall on the village. The little cobbler awoke to find the village buried. He had always loved the way snow made the world seem new and beautiful, but that day he felt sad. People were going to be needing boots, and he had no boots to sell. As he stared out the window, Mitzi ran into the room, meowing up a storm. Oh, Mitzi," said the cobbler. "You must be so hungry. Let's see if we have anything for breakfast." But Mitzi wasn't just hungry. I mean, she was a cat, so that was part of it. She was also excited, and when the cobbler got downstairs, he understood why. The little shop was full of beautiful, sturdily constructed boots. Mitzi, it's a miracle! The cobbler cried out. He couldn't believe his eyes. Did you do this? But before Mitzi could explain that, as a cat, she could never have done such a thing. The Baroness burst through the cobbler's door. Oh my! Said the Baroness. How snowy it is this morning. Have you any boots, good cobbler? The Baroness could see well that the room was, of course, full of boots, but asked just to be polite. Hi, hi. The cobbler stammered. He was generally very polite, but was very shocked as well. How about these handsome ones here? Asked the Baroness. Why? I don't know if I've ever seen such a lovely boot. Have you any in a size seven and a half wide? Mitzi knocked over a pair of boots, seven and a half wide. The delighted Baroness happily paid for the boots and went back out, now properly attired, into the snowy village. As she went out the door, she passed the mayor, who was coming in. He too wanted boots and found a handsome pair in his size as well. The cobbler couldn't believe his and Mitzi's good fortune. By four o'clock, word had spread throughout the village that the cobbler's new boots were comfortable, stylish, and of the very highest quality. And he sold more boots than ever before in his many years. By the time the landlord arrived to collect the rent, the cobbler was not only able to pay the rent. He also sold the landlord an attractive pair of loafers that had been hiding behind some very tall boots. As the last customer left the shop, 
With the last pair of boots, the cobbler realized he still had no idea where all the boots had come from. He had paid the rent, but still had very little to spend on food. So he again gave Mitzi the rest of his meager supper. When we went to bed, no boots. We wake up, boots all over. But if someone had come into the house, we would have seen tracks in the snow. It's quite a mystery, Mitzi. He made his way up the stairs, slightly faster than last night, feeling lighter with at least one less financial burden weighing him down. But even once tucked into bed, the cobbler couldn't sleep. He kept wondering who had helped him make boots. Just as he was on the verge of drifting into a fitful, wondering sleep, the cobbler heard movement downstairs. I'm sure that's just Mitzi, he said to himself. But Mitzi was snoring from the foot of the bed. Why, I suppose it isn't, the cobbler said. Perhaps, perhaps it's the neighbors, perhaps it's... The cobbler paused. He listened. There was no mistaking it. It was the sounds of cutting and sewing and, and yes, even hammering. Whoever's been making the shoes is making those shoes right now. The cobbler breathed. He stepped to the floor as quietly as he could. He put on his slippers and crept down the stairs, step by step by step, until finally he saw who was making the shoes. I don't believe it, he said. They're little mechanical men, robotniks. Well, that was half true. They were mostly tiny little mechanical men, although some of them were more accurately described as soul-fastening mechanisms or lace grommet applicator guns. All right, or... all right, all right. They're not all tiny mechanical men, but what in the hell is going on here? The cobbler cried out. Martin! Said a robot who wasn't doing much but watching other robots. I am Foremanbot. Uh, what are you doing? The cobbler asked, feeling slightly silly for talking to a robot. This evening's order. We have 35 pairs of clogs to make, 40 pairs of boots, and 15 pairs of pumps in order to get us ahead of the busy summer season. But why? Cobbler, your question does not compute. Foreman Bot said. We are made to make shoes. That is our purpose. The cobbler was touched. In his younger days, he felt the same way about making shoes. Like he too was born to do it. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Is there anything I can get you, little robots? Any snacks? A little bit of tea? Does not compute, cobbler. We do not eat. We do not snack. We do not need tea. Well, how do you like that? The cobbler said, amazed. Well, uh, can I help you? The cobbler thought he heard a single ha spread around the room from robot to robot. <laughs> and foreman bot looked around nervously. That will not be necessary, cobbler. Thank you for offering. Please, you sleep. So, you sleep. The cobbler shrugged. Well, that is what I do around this hour. Well, if you need anything, uh, let me know. As he climbed the stairs, he paused, looking back over the busy workshop and smiled. Business the next day boomed! Except for the 15 pairs of pumps. The robots had put those in back stock which now occupied the cobbler's old pantry. He moved his and Mitzi's food, which he could now afford, into a smaller closet upstairs. The next night, work resumed again, and the cobbler again came down to thank the robots. Gratitude, said Foreman Bot. 
The cobbler waited for him to continue or to say that it didn't compute, but neither one seemed to be happening. So the cobbler again retired to bed, full and happy. For the first time in years, his shop was making money. The next day, while business was booming again, one of the poor families of the village came in. The cobbler was so happy to see them that he outfitted each of them in attractive winter boots and gave them slippers as well, which he had never been able to offer before. The family was so grateful, for winters in the village were harsh, and without good boots when you're outside and good slippers for when you're in, poor villagers often became sick. Well, the cobbler was happy to help. As he came down for his nightly visit, for a moment, and he couldn't be sure, but it sounded like all the work paused, and then swiftly resumed. How goes it this evening, Foreman Bot? asked the cheerful cobbler. Cobbler, there is discrepancy in the stocks and in the day's accounts, Foreman Bot replied. We are short four pairs of boots and four pairs of slippers from the stock. Oh, those, well, this family came in and they were down to just two children. Last winter I could have sworn they had more, but... Foreman Bot cut the cobbler off. Cobbler, we are offering boots at reasonable and sustainable price. Oh, I know we are, Foreman Bot. Then I... you no doubt understand that by sustainable I mean to keep the business growing. Oh yes, Foreman Bot, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. I noticed the back stock is moving into my root cellar and well, I'm happy to share the space. Easter heels, cobbler. Well, of course, I can appreciate that, but... With that, Foreman Bot turned back to the din. The cobbler felt uncomfortable as he mounted the stairs. That night, he couldn't sleep. He just stroked Mitzi while she snored. The next morning, the rest of the cobbler's food was out of the root cellar. He took the remaining potatoes upstairs and reasoned that, with all of the money coming in, he could always buy more if these spoiled. His conversations with the shoemaking robots became shorter, unless he gave away shoes to someone, in which case the cobbler knew he was in for a rather long recitation of expenses. Then, one night, the cobbler came downstairs and saw a larger robot that he was sure he didn't recognize. Oh, say, uh, Foremanbot? The cobbler gingerly asked Foremanbot, who had pretty obviously lost interest in talking to cobbler a while ago. Uh, who is that, uh, that new robot? Uh, what is it for? Cobbler. Bot. Foreman Bot said, turning away. The cobbler stared at the cobbler bot. It was almost as tall as he was. Same bald head, same slouch in the shoulders. Mitzi purred and rubbed against its legs. Good cat. Good cat. Mitzi, what are we to do? 